Hello everybody, uh, welcome back to another episode of Film Network Ireland's Rap Chat, uh, Ireland's industry podcast. Uh, you're very welcome along. Today we have uh, a really uh, lovely, lovely fella uh, by the name of Mike Hayes. Mike Hayes is predominantly a, uh, a he's a, an AD pre- uh, predominantly, but uh, also a director in his own right. Uh, uh, with credits such as Leave in 2015 and Toy Soldiers that did very well at festivals. Um, Mike has been working uh, for a number of years working as an AD on um, large uh, TV series and, and movies um, as well as kind of smaller, more passion-oriented uh, projects uh, in Ireland. Uh, his credits include Wonder Woman 1984, uh, he does. He was doing some second unit uh, direction on that. Uh, he's also worked on the the rhythm section, which we're shooting over here with Blake Lively, uh, and loads and loads and loads and loads of other ones, uh, including the Professor and the Madman, the Lobster, and so on. Uh, so he is a, uh, a really interesting film uh, creative uh, in terms from a crew perspective in terms of what's required in order to do that type of work. Uh, I've been trying to get him on for ages. Uh, met him a couple of times over the years and various different things. He's also been very uh, supportive in terms of the podcast, so we're delighted to have him on. Um, yeah, so FNI-related news. Um, we were in the Cork Film Festival. We ran a networking event down there and a podcast. Uh, it's always uh, fantastic to be invited along. Um, check back in on one of our previous episodes with Fiona Clark who is the uh, festival director and producer, uh, which is a really interesting chat in terms of the the uh, intricacies and the, the challenges in running uh, a film festival um, and also in terms of her other work, which is really interesting. Uh, um, she's, le- she's led quite a life. Um, so FNI class news. We have a couple of classes coming up. Um, so if you have a young person in your life, uh, check the Facebook page, uh, forward slash Film Network Ireland, uh, Instagram, forward slash Film Network Ireland, uh, and, and uh, on Twitter, uh, at FNI underscore film, for all the information about our upcoming classes. They include a brilliant class for young people uh, called... Four Starts in Film and TV, which is basically a an introduction to acting and acting for camera with Dara O'Toole, uh, who is a star of Red Rock, uh, the uh, Virgin Media slash TV3 uh, BBC series produced by Element and Element Pictures. And uh, he's also in the new series of Blood with Adrian Dunbar from Line of Duty. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, that's coming up in January in Dublin Business School. And it starts on the 11th for four weeks uh, at 12pm. And uh, it, uh, it will be running for four weeks. And it's, it's a great stock and filler if you have... <laughs> if you have a teenager with energy to burn um, and they really know uh, uh, at that stage in life what they want to do going forward, this may be for them. Um, equally, we have a class coming up with Morgan Jones, Morgan C. Jones, who is a uh, a seasoned actor? Uh, he's also on uh, one of our one of the early episodes of F and I Rap Chat. Uh, so check back in on that. Um, it's a class uh, called Make Friends with the Lens, 
And uh, similarly, it's a, an acting for camera and self-taping class. Uh, Morgan has some really, he's racked up quite a, an incredible number of credits over the last few years. Uh, most recently, he was in the Oscar-nominated Detainment, um, uh, the Dutch political thriller in which he plays the lead called The Fox, uh, which done quite well internationally, um, and he was he was in the TV show uh, the TV show The Bailout, and he played Sean Fitzpatrick in The Guarantee. I may be mixing them up, but uh, uh, he, and also he's one of the most recognisable voices uh, in terms of voiceover and radio, with uh, buckets of uh, of credits in film, TV, radio, and commercial work. So if you want to get the benefit of his experience in terms of, uh, you know, um, getting getting ahead of the curve on, on, on self-taping and acting for camera and little tricks he's picked up along the way, that will be announced uh, in the very near future and tickets will be available via Eventbrite. It's sure to sell out. Equally, we have our Christmas uh, get-together, um, which everybody's invited to, called <laughs> Die Hard... Uh, uh, party Harder Christmas Party Harder uh, which takes place in the Nook in uh, the Temple Bar Music Centre it's, uh, it's a brand new bar um, which is opening as a comedy club uh, with Lisa Richards I think at the end of November we're in there in kind of towards the end of December and it promises to be a great night with lots of prizes to give away as always and a great opportunity to meet network with people uh, wear your Christmas jumpers and uh, and uh, you know create some opportunities for yourself. So tickets are available via Eventbrite, um, and we'd love to see you there. So do come along. As always, massive thanks to our sponsors, um, Wildcard Distribution, uh, doing Trojan work supporting uh, independent film and TV, and also Dublin Business School, who are you know just. They've just been brilliant with us in terms of facilities for our classes and workshops going forward. Keep an eye on our social networks for uh, announcements of events and various different classes and seminars going forward into 2020, in which Film Network Ireland is 10 years old, so we're rolling out some really interesting stuff next year. And uh, we're not subsidised, so if you'd like to support FNI in uh, in our endeavours, head on over to www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash FNI. Uh, thanks a million. Uh, this is Mike Hayes. How are you doing? I'm very well. Uh, are you you're are you just off set or are you on a little bit of downtime? I'm yeah, just off. Well, I was I was away for a while. I came back, then I was in the UK uh, for just over a week on a film four job. Then I've come home, and what I'm at the moment, I'm doing some second unit on a project, so a couple of days here and there. But I'm also doing a pre-production schedule for two other projects, and then waiting on word for another project. Okay, so it's. Um, it's it's the bitty part of the, of the year yeah. uh, at the moment. And are you doing much uh, second unit stuff or is it mostly AD at the moment? No, well, it, it'd be... Uh, most of the projects here will kind of... 
a lot of the schedules now are getting very tight and people are trying to fix it, fit everything into a very small amount of time and then they realise, oh, we need an extra day or two. So it's, it's mainly just picking up the pieces and going in, maybe doing a handful of scenes right. uh, with cast. So I think it was two days last week, a week this week, two days next week. Um, but that happens with, with most projects and it's just because it's busy at the moment and yeah. as I said, I was away for a while, so, so I'm free. I'm not on a long project, but something now before Christmas and something potentially after Christmas, so uh, hopefully it's going to be busy next year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the, like, the say the second unit stuff, is that projects that you would have worked on and it's kind of pick-up stuff or is it does it depend? Well, it, it can be different. Yeah. Uh, I mean... You know, this is a six-part drama where they've just realised they needed to pick up a couple of scenes. Uh, they say, hey, look, we've two days pickups, And that could be for any reason. It could yeah. have been under-scheduled. One of the cast members could have got sick. They could have lost the location. They could have had to reschedule. You know, they might have found in the edit they're missing something to li- link two scenes, so they just decide. So it's basically just walking in and just running the floor for a day. You get the sides for the day. You read yeah. them. You have a quick read them, pro- usually the day before. And yeah. you, s- you get ask a couple of questions if you have them, and then you just rock in and you just run the floor. Cool. Um, but then there's other things like, I suppose, second unit, like, you know, Wonder Woman that I did last year, yeah. which is like a completely, completely different <laughs> kettle of fish altogether. Like, it's like you look at second unit, and it's like catering 374 people. And you're like, this is second unit. M- most, most jobs in Ireland would have 80 crew, you know. Yeah. Most of your, you know, average run-of-the-mill TV series are... are uh, yeah. Or uh, they'd have 80 to 120 crew, and then you're rocking up doing like a four minute action sequence, and there's first day, there's like 370 odd people. And okay, it's a different kettle of fish. This. And even for pickups, would, there, would that be a slightly stripped down crew compared well, see, to that's the main? Th- see, there's, there's a difference between pickups and, and second unit. We'd yeah. say second unit would usually pick up uh, scenes, so you'd have casts. Yeah. Or we'd say we'd say the the Wonder Woman thing, which is you, you know, which was a great experience and completely outside the norm, which you do in Ireland, was uh, an action sequence. Uh-huh. So, and some and a lot of those big um, action things or whatever, there's a drama unit and uh, a, an action unit, and then there's a. a that sounds like the best unit. unit to work for the action unit. Yeah, well, it can, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it can be, but sometimes it's like you know, and then you got pickups, so that's when they go into the edit, and a lot of shows and films and stuff will edit as they're going, and they're going, oh, we need to pick up this here and that there so you might be going out with a small crew just picking up you know an insert of something or a location shot or so you you could be on a bus for most of the day so it's it's all it's like anything in the film industry there's no hard and fast rules to to oh this is what a pickup day is this is what a you know I've done a pickup stuff where we've gone to the top of mountains to get big wide vistas and I've done pickup days where we've been on micro lenses trying to get stuff through telescopes and stuff like that you know mm. and you're the whole day just in a in a studio so yeah. whatever kind of turns up on the on the sheet that morning kind of thing or would yeah and it's kind of like what would kind of fall off to the main unit like the main unit you use it's the main thing about main unit is cast so you're there to get what the mm. cast are involved in so if you're getting to the day and obviously you will schedule it as an AD to try and get the whole of the scene yeah but if you're thinking <laughs> oh those couple of insert shots of whatever on the microscope are going to fall off okay let's flip that off to a second unit or to a pickup unit okay and like would you find with those bigger budget kind of American Hollywood productions like uh, there seems to be more room for oh this isn't working we can we can like they're kind of writing as they're going along and they might come up with different ideas for shoots or as as they're shooting <laughs> <So you would laughs> making never, it up as they go along kind of ma- yeah but you 
you wouldn't really get that in Irish or have you come across that? No, I, I think again, as I was saying, it, it all comes down to there's no hard and fast rules. Like yeah. You could, uh, like I'm scheduling something at the moment which has um, a modest enough um, budget and the director wants to shoot it chronologically. Right. So and that's kind of, <coughs> you know, if you have a bigger budget, it's easier to shoot chronologically because you're able to revisit sets, you're yeah. able to revisit locations, you're able to, you know... Mm. Um, and, and the bigger ones, I mean, I haven't done a whole pile of them, you know, um, yeah. but the experience is you're, you're kind of only told what you need to told, be told in your department. Need right. to know basis. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, because you're a small cog, like I was third eighty on, on that, so yeah. it was like you're a small cog in a big wheel and you're just told this is what we're doing today. Or you do get your bits and pieces that you need to know in advance to, mm -hmm. to, to schedule or prep it, but... Yeah. You let the big boys make the decisions and you just rock in and do your thing, you know. Um, can you, just for particularly younger listeners as well, kind of explain what, like, being an AD is primarily, like, for you, for someone who's on the job quite consistently? Like, what would your job entail? Yeah, but I mean, as I mean, there's obviously first, second and third AD and then you've got a, a trainee ADs. Mm -hmm. uh, so they all have different roles, but it's, it's basically the link kind of between the production office and the set, uh, the main person there. So, like, I would work very... As a first AD, you kind of... You get the script and you break it down. You think, okay, this is... So that's what I'm doing at the moment for a job. I'm breaking it down and with my experience and kind of going and with what's entailed. But to break it down and get a true reflection of what you can shoot per day or you have to know what the budget is mm -hmm. because, you know, you could schedule one scene a day and the thing could take 75 days but you don't have the money to spend that and then so then you have, you're told oh we've 20 days to do it or 25 days to do it that's all we can afford mm -hmm. so you try to break that down then and you kind of go well okay this is what I think you can get in 25 days I think there's a couple of days that are too heavy I think you're probably it's usually you need extra days it's very very <laughs> rarely that you go nah, oh you'd be grand. you'll we'll do that in a half day um and then that's 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 so, so for the AD uh, starting out on a project uh, mm -hmm. for the first AD that's what you'd be doing and then you'd be uh, banging heads with the production or the producers who are obviously the money people and then the director who is obviously the artistic people so then you're kind of stuck in between you you know it's like you're trying to get the best for the director to make sure that whatever ends up on screen is the be looks the best and as well for the producers but you want to make sure that the money is that the producers have is spent correctly mm -hmm. and that's you know and that's it's no one person and you know there's no one person that has that final say not even the director you know because before you step on set you'll have had 101 different conversations about okay well you know they might have wanted to have shot on O'Connell Street with somebody cycling uh, down a bike and you're going well we can't lock off O'Connell Street blah 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 so you're shooting a different street that you're locked off but VFX are putting in something to make it look like O'Connell Street so you've had 101 different conversations to get to the point where you're getting um so that would be all prep, you, you know, prepping it. And then you'd have your second AD who'd be bringing in the, mm -hmm. the cast members for their fittings or for rehearsals or stunt rehearsals or if there's prosthetics needed or all that kind of stuff. So you try, your main thing is try to prep it as much as you can within the budget that you have so that the day you go to shoot that you have the most time on camera. Mm -hmm. Because what you don't want to do is, okay, we have a stunt today and rehearse the stunt on the day. Sometimes that happens in the lower budget things because you can't afford to bring in the stunt person. But you don't want to be wasting time that you should be shooting on stuff that's going to end up on screen. Yeah, yeah. Re rehearsing that, you know. Mm -hmm. 
So it's a lot of it's logistics, mm-hmm. a- ading wise. Um, you know, and you have to figure out because locations will come to you going. Oh, look, I know they wanted this location. I know it was said on Friday, but that location owner just had a bereavement, so that's not available Friday. So it's right. okay, and then you have to figure out. Okay, well let's just put that in there. This scene from the following week in there, and you can camp because that cast member isn't available. <laughs> so it's and then you might go, oh, actually this one will fit in, and you go that's and then art department will come to you and say we can't because that set won't be dressed on time. So it's all mm-hmm. that it's it's literally juggling stuff, fixing yeah. essentially it, to a degree, not, not not like a fixer as an line producer, but you know being a, a mediator between all departments and I suppose keeping the wheel spinning yeah you're you're keeping the wheel spinning and you're trying to keep the, you know and it's one of those things that you're never going to please everybody because somebody's going to you know because it's just <laughs> the nature of the business you have 25 days we'll say for example to shoot something mm-hmm. and there's going to be cast availability issues there's going to be location availability issues there's going to be you, you know art departments have ordered something that's not going to be here till there that till this time that's and it's just trying to juggle all that stuff and then you start off thinking wait this is great and this is all <laughs> going to go fine and like that you know you, first day exterior day of phoenix park uh summer and the weather kicks <laughs> in and you're and you're sh- shooting it in october and it's you know it's yeah. pissing out of the heavens yeah so over the weekend you're going like what can i do and you're trying to move all that around and it's it's not just i can't just pick something and put it there without checking with every other department and especially production kind of going yeah. the cost implications of all that and it's uh, it's cost implications all the way down so if I move that thing the cost implications of changing a cast member's transport yeah. or changing you know cancelling hotels or moving hotels or yeah. all the way down to you know they could have ordered a birthday cake which is right. 100 quid which yeah. is now we won't be able to you know so yeah. it's, and it's it's all about saving money as well you know yeah. it's, it's called a movie business for a reason i think a lot of people you, you know <laughs> when you get when you get to our side of things it, uh, especially behind the camera it is to get to the artistic side for want of a better phrase you have to hammer through the the, the money side of things before you can get there unless you're obviously so you, you must find yourself saying no a lot do you to people or well, not, not or that's not achievable well you? the thing is i always try to not say no because I think no is, is a very uh, hard way to, to go from. Now, what I will try to do is f- fix a problem and s- give options and go, look, th- we can do this, we can do this, we can do this. And if somebody goes, well, what if you want to do this? And I say, well, no, we can't do that because... And they say, well, why don't we just do it in the last week? And it, there are certain times you have to say no, but mm-hmm. you like to try and go through the process of trying to fix it first. And then what I like to do is come up with a couple of options and then figure out what the best option is and as I said there is sometimes that you have to say no but I usually try to leave no as a last resort if I can <laughs> until but but then I think it is but then people I, I, I hope would respect when you do say no that you have it's for good reason yeah, yeah, yeah. because I think it's, it's, it's like anything in life you have to build you know professional trust with people so if your director or your line producer or your producer's trust that you're making the right decisions for the project yeah, then yeah. and then it makes your life easier because then as the project goes on you're making decisions and people kind of just trust you to make those decisions so you don't have to go through the two and a half three hour meetings and lose all that time that you could be mm-hmm. putting towards uh, more beneficial stuff for, for the good of the project you know yeah, yeah. Uh, it sounds like you need like a hell of a lot of concentration and you're kind of thinking steps ahead all the time are, are you running on instincts a lot as well with all your experience now yeah, I think I I think you do. I think some of it, like like in any business, like in yeah. any job, I think it's it's the more experience you have, and y- 
you, you know, the more you make decisions without even knowing that <laughs> you've made the decision, yeah. you, you know, and yeah. people are going, geez, I wouldn't have even thought of that. But you're yeah. like, well, that's because you're not an AD. You don't think like an AD. Yeah. You know, it's like we'd always laugh and joke and said about, oh, locations or ADs. And we all have jokes about each other. Yeah. Sorry, hit the yeah. mic there. All have jokes about each other's different departments and how what they do affects mm-hmm. other departments. Like it's while you have a great crew, you have all these departments who are trying to do the best for their department to make make yeah. sure that their department does what's needs to be done. But I think ADing is probably one of the departments, and I'm sure there's people that would correct me that. <laughs> is I, only, I bet there is. Yeah, but it's only affected by every other department. Do you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, right. like, the hair department isn't going to be affected if the props department don't have a prop, do you know? Yeah. Uh, but whereas I will be affected because, okay, everything else is in place, but we can't shoot the scene now because we don't have the prop. Yeah. Um, uh, just, just, just things like that, or vice versa. The wig hasn't come. You know, it's, yeah. there's all these things. Or sometimes, the, the, you know, the the wig, the, mo- the wig hasn't yeah. come. <laughs> well, sometimes you know the wig hasn't come, or the wig yeah. comes, and it, it, whoever made it, it's it, ridiculous. It's, it, it's, it's made. You, you know, and it's 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 all these things, and it's because, as I said, it's it's all down to money. People get, you know, tight prep times and blah blah blah, and something like a wig could take, depending on the wig, take three or four weeks to order, which <laughs> means. And the cast member, depending on if it's a TV or film or how lo- long down the line the cast member is, what number they are, yeah. they might have only been cast, you know, sometimes days before they're actually needed oh, wow. on set. Mm. Or if, you you know, but and if it's a period piece and then they're going, well, we have, and that's that's every department. It's like ADs have taken in, you know, the hair department might have to go, well, that week's going to take four weeks. And I'm going, well, we're wrapped in four weeks. So we have, <laughs> yeah. and they're going, well, we have something. Then it's compromise as well. So the director has to compromise on, okay, we, we won't use the wig that is as good, but we'll stick a hat over it. You know, it, it all looks great, you know. And it's, yeah. it is sometimes, I think, when people sit down and look at, you know, amazing things and great things that happen in film, some of them happen by pure accident or need and necessity, to be honest with you. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, from a continuity point of view as well, like, you know, the Game of Thrones uh, coffee cup thing. I mean, you have this big giant machine behemoth moving in one direction, and then it's something as small as that happens in continuity. Is that are things like that more regular than people might think? Oh, hundred percent. But yeah, they just yeah. don't spot them. Well, see, I mean, I mean, there, there's a thing. You look at that, and there's, uh, you know, you look at Game of Thrones. There's what, a hundred, hundred and fifty people on set. There's, you know, a handful of people looking <laughs> out for it. You know, the cast members, and then th- that goes through post production. There's post production supervisors. No, but you have to look as well that, okay, whenever that scene was shot, that scene could have been shot at the end of the run, which is nine months into people working 12, 14 hour days. Mm-hmm. You know, there's every set you walk into, there's no teaser coffee on set. You know, and that, it's, it's for that reason. Well, it's for that reason, but it's also for spillages and, you, you, you know, all that kind of things. Or if, especially if you're on a location so that you don't damage a location. Like if you're shooting in somebody's living room and you spill a cup of coffee, then mm-hmm. again, coming back to budget, the, our, our, the location crowd will have to get that clean, which is an extra expense for them, which means their budget is going up, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, you know, and as well, it's it's like, <laughs> you know, there is kind of, different rules for certain different people okay like your <coughs> trainee sound person may not be allowed to bring their tear coffee onto set but the director and the cast member you might have to yeah. you know and I think mm. I'm not sure but I think from reading or listening I think it was a cast member who brought that on set and left it there but you know mm. there's as I said there's a hundred it's very easy point to finger when you're not on set and you don't go well the, the, the standby art director should have seen that the standby art director could have been you, you know have sent off down to the next set to make sure the next set where they were shooting was to, to you know, and just popped off for a second or, you know, the AD <laughs> could have brought the cast member and look, can, can I take your coffee? And 
the actor says, oh, look, I promise I'll put it under the table. And you have to just go, okay. And there is mm. a lot of politics involved. It's just amazing that I went, you know, you'd imagine a show like that, I go through so many filters after filters after filters. You'd imagine that when it gets to a point where it's in post, how it could have, like, like how it wasn't spotted before that. And then for it to go through, you know, various different edit, editing stages and not, it not being seen. I know it's a small little t- thing, I think I think some of it can be because, again, as I said, everybody's only looking out for their own department. So I yeah. remember doing a job and I was a third idiot at the time, so I was set in the background. And we had this, you know, I think it was somebody either in the army or the police coming in to do something. Right. And on take three, he walked in and he didn't have his hat on. Uh. And uh, um, everybody was in the director went, okay, cool. Uh, uh, that uh, Happy with that, moving on. And the <laughs> costume person went, because uh, the only person who can call cut on set, obviously, is the director, okay. unless somebody sees something that's, that's, that's you know, an emergency dangerous. or med- yeah. dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, but everybody, the only person who had seen it was <laughs> the costume person, because that's their job. I was sitting background, so I was looking, I wasn't even looking at the main characters, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so you know, as I said, for example, like that costume person could have gone to the to the bathroom, could have gone off to get, could have been fixing somebody. Else. And it was, you know, if they weren't watching the monitor, we would have moved on. Mm, yeah. You know, and there was another job that I was working on that they were doing stills, and the it was a period thing, and the actress had had uh, bits of tissue paper in her collar. Oh yeah, for, yeah, you, yeah, you know, just so that the makeup wouldn't run on to the costume. And we all got the stills, and everybody was great. And the makeup people were like, "What's that?" <laughs> you know, and it had come true, and it had been emblazoned with all the logos and, and and all that kind of stuff. And it was only when it came actually back to the person who is in charge of that specific, yeah. because you know, I mean, a coffee cup is something different in a, in something like Game of Thrones. But you know, I suppose if you're trying to be cynical, everybody's <laughs> talking about it. And everybody's talking about Game of Thrones. It could have been a, you know, yeah. um, I just it's just amazing. But it just got you know small details. Uh, can we talk a little bit about? Um, the Mike Hayes early days. Oh, Jesus. Uh, what kind of influenced you when you were younger? How did you find yourself falling into film? Did, was it conscious or did it kind of... Uh... It kind of kind of grew on me. I mean, I was never um, the best reader. So uh, reading books and stuff like that was never... I didn't enjoy it. I, uh, you, mm-hmm. you know, it just wasn't fun for me. Um, so I think I kind of... But I always like story, and you, you know, and I'm from a part of the country where everybody's got a story, you know, down in the kingdom. So it's like <laughs> you like listening to stories, and, and, and you know, you're around people who tell great stories, and your neighbor's house are having a cup of teas about the lads down the road. And I always love story and storytelling. And I think because I wasn't a great reader, didn't really enjoy reading. You, you know, screen was the neck was the thing that drew draw me in because it was like, okay, I can sit down and enjoy stories without having the frustration of of. Of getting to, through all this, to concentrate, and, and so it was easy just to switch and just to switch off and relax. And I think, you know, down in Kerry when I was growing up, there wasn't, you know, there wasn't really a film industry in Ireland, not to mind in Kerry. So you never really think about it, and you mm-hmm. know, it's not something you go to your career guidance teacher about. And I think it was only when I, I was getting interested in it, like in my later years in school, but never thought of probably getting into it. Mm-hmm. Um, until I actually went to college, I went to CIT studying engineering, and there was a film making society. Mm, okay. So I got into that, and you know, it was probably one of the first times I'd picked up a camera, and, and I just really enjoyed. It and I thought, geez, I really enjoyed this. This is actually fun. And there was a filmmaking course in Cork, so you know, it was probably opened up to actually, you can do this. This is. This yeah, is yeah. attainable. You don't have to go to the big scary Dublin to to work <laughs> in or London to work in the film industry. So over those two years that I was doing engineering CIT, I kind of went, you know what? 
I'd like to give this a crack. And there was a course in Cork, a PLC course in St. John's, film mm -hmm. TV production. And look, I mean, I was very lucky to have supportive parents who just wanted me to be happy in what I wanted to do. So, I mean, back in the days and started 2000s, and you're saying I want to leave engineering in the middle of the boom to go after <laughs> filmmaking. You, you know, it was kind of like, you know, your parents are seeing oh, great jobs in the engineering industry, which obviously a couple of years later <laughs> uh, kind of weren't. So, but um, and yeah, I was lucky. So I did that course and towards the end of my third year, I, I it was kind of like your average PLC course. It started with 50 people in first year, then went up 30 people in second year and fell off to like 12 or 15 in third year. Mm. And I was kind of focused on the... Um, production side of things back then um, and Cork County Council had come to our college about making like a, a, a educational video about recycling for schools and stuff like that mm -hmm. and somebody else had taken it over but then they weren't really getting it through and my head producer asked me would I take it over and I took it over and we got it uh, we got it done by the the, um, the scheduled time mm -hmm. um, and at that time she would links with RT Cork and there was a, a, a role coming up in kids tv in rt cork and they rang her said look do you have anybody in the class that's into production so she just threw me my name i went in for an interview there was three or four other people and just lucky enough that i mm -hmm. i got that interview and worked in kids tv in rt for a year so i mean it was very seamless for me which i know it's not for everybody mm -hmm. um very seamless i left college two weeks early to start working in the industry right. yeah and then with rt and then again with rt if you worked there for Back in the day, anyway, when you worked there, if you worked there for 12 months, they have to make you permanent or something. So after nine months, they were stopping my contract. And at that time, the wind that shakes the barley was coming to Cork. Uh, okay. So I turned in my CV for that. I got... This is what? Uh, 2005, six, yeah. 2005. So I got an interview for that. Went for that interview. And they asked me, would I like to be the production trainee on it? So oh, nice. like, but I had two weeks left in my contract. And I was like, in Ortina, I was like, oh. And I was just very lucky to have a very... Um, very supportive producer because I was like oh look and she goes are you mad go get out of here yeah. so and then I think it, uh, you know if you get the foot in the door and, and you impress and you know personally get on with people and that just led to two or three other jobs then yeah. uh, with the same production team I think it, it, there's a familiar kind of story I think in a lot of people's journeys about someone encouraging them or actively taking an interest in them to help them get to the next level you know um, and it's, it's wonderful to hear those type of things Um where, like, what kind of state do you think Irish film and television is in now? Uh, From the inside. In what context? Do you think it's in a healthy place? Do you th like so, so in terms of projects coming in, there seems to be like a, an abundance of certainly more ambitious local. Uh, you know, well, like, I mean, projects. I, I think you know from my experience, it's kind of like. When you're in the production side of things, you don't. You just kind of hope there's productions coming in. You don't really look at. Yeah. You know, that's more a produ producer would answer that question yeah. a lot better. That it's attracting. But there, I mean, like, I've been living in Dublin ten, twelve years. I've made a decent living out of this. You know, um, but I've seen in the last four or five years that it's getting a lot busier. And mm. because basically, so I've been doing it whatever. 10 I've been 18 probably 10 years probably slightly over I mean yeah about 10 years but back in those days you had to do your certain amount of time as a trainee then your certain amount of time as a, you know to get up the ladder now I see people flying up the ladder you know getting to higher positions v much quicker um, yeah, yeah. now that's great for them sometimes not very great because the lack of experience can but 
that's not their fault. There's positions there that need to be filled. Of course. So yeah, I yeah. think that's probably a sign that the industry is strong here. Because there's more uh, demand than, than people to do the jobs. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So people are going through the ranks and they're, as opposed to learning before they get to the rank, they're learning at the rank. And that's all. But the other thing is there is those leveled of budgets things where people can do that, mm. which is great. So, you know, if you can get a handful of experienced people in with them, then you're educating the next, you know, generation and hopefully then b bigger jobs. But I think if we can get more studio space, I think we're grand because as I said, I was over in the UK just two weeks ago on a, on a Film 4 job and uh, I went over because they couldn't find, you know, there was, okay, the director was a friend of a friend, but they still couldn't find anybody at a level to come in and, 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 and finish off the job. And when I was there, they couldn't find any sparks. Wow. To to It was in Leeds. They couldn't even find any sparks in Wales or Scotland. So England is massively busy at the moment. And then, you know, we sometimes then get the the overspill. Mm -hmm. um, but I think for the larger projects, I think what we do need is bigger and more studio space because mm. it is very limited at, at, at the moment. But there is, like when you're talking medium-sized things, there is quite a lot of them going on. And I think it looks like the next year is going to be busy. Mm. That's good. Do you prefer being in studio or out on location? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, lads. I'm going to give you the most typically Irish answer to that. Depends on the weather. It's on the matter, <laughs> right, yeah. um, it's, it, it depends. I, I, like, there's a whole lot of things. It's, you know, you don't want to be stuck in a studio or on a set in a house or in a small in the middle of July, yeah. where it's great to be in a studio in the middle of December. <laughs> um, I do, I mean, I think anybody prefers being on location, you know, it just, I'm very lucky. I mean, the things is I've, I've been to a lot of places uh, around, you know, outside of Ireland, but mainly in Ireland, where you just would never get to go or see as uh, <coughs> if I wasn't involved in the film industry, you know, even parts of Dublin, you know, you know, Crips under the, the, the uh, under the street level, not too far from here, up near Tara Street, you know, mm. um, other things that, you know, tunnels in the Phoenix Parks, buildings that, you know, old buildings that you don't even know exist and you drive past every day and you get to go in. So that part of it is good. I mean, being on location has its own, um, it can have its own hassles, you know, like yeah. we did a job there at the start of the year and it was all set pretty much on the hills of Wicklow in February, March, you know, and there was good days and there was bad days. So it was, um, but I think, I think if you can find a good mix, you know, because even, even like that, I'd say if you go back to Star Wars, it was out in the Canaries, or not Star Wars, um, what was it, Wonder Woman? Yes. That, yeah, yeah. that was out in the Canaries and everybody's like, oh, you're out there for six weeks and you're like, one second, you drive to set at, at, at six o'clock in the morning, uh, it's great, you get your bite to eat and by about 10 past, 20 past seven, you feel the first bead of sweat <laughs> roll down your back <laughs> and the only place to get a bit of air condition is is the honey wagon and because that's air conditioned there's a not a great smell in there yeah. so you know you know you're sweating for, and that's the other level of things sometimes here in ireland you're it's pissing rain you from one end of the day to the, the the next and then um you know you could be in the desert shooting something and you're just sweating buckets from one end of the day to the next so it all has their it's like anything i guess it's it, yeah. it, it all depends on on the project and the job you know yeah yeah from a crew point of view as well, I mean, does the assumption that anybody working on a film is, you know, in the lap in the lap of luxury, drinking coffee all day, <laughs> scratching their arms, sitting around? Oh God, almighty! You know, and it really isn't the case. Um, um, what I was going to, uh, one question I wanted to ask, kind of more crew oriented people, is like, what's the most, what's the most difficult circumstance you've ever encountered on a set? 
most difficult circumstance. Yeah, or the in s- in what sense? Well, well, well I'll generalize a bit. Um, like w- primarily, like what w- what would be a, like a, a regular problem that would come up that you'd have to deal with, um, and you know. On mo- well, you know, well, on, a, on an individual set or, or something that I suppose if it's, a, if, it, if it's a it's a regular thing, you kind of don't really see it as a problem anymore because you're used to the, like every single day there's something every yeah. single day. No so matter you're, you're putting out fires constantly. No matter how well you're prepped, there's always something. You know, there's like as I said, there could be something like you know something as simple as uh, applying a wig and you know like that we started off in studio and it was great but now they're trying to do it in the hair and makeup truck but the temperature in there isn't the same as it was so the glue isn't mm. attaching the wig as, as much as it can be so it's going to take an extra 40, 45 minutes and this is just something that you can't you, you can't foresee you, yeah, you know yeah. there's you, you know I think there's main things like if you're shooting night shoots and sometimes the generator might go so you can't shoot anything so you're you know and it's 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 literally just you have to you could go in with 101 scenarios and it's the 102 second scenario that will come up. So basically there's loads of problems all the time. Yeah, <laughs> all the time. And I mean, this lap of luxury thing is, I mean, I've been doing this, whatever, as I said, 15 years, I think I was on one red carpet. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. No, there is, you know, your rappers and all that, but it's all, it's like, if you want to see my, the boot of my car, there's two big, Box plastic boxes full of wellies and waders and rain gear and you know stuff to keep, keep me warm, stuff to keep <laughs> you in midgets awake. Yeah. And it's it's yeah. even my buddy yesterday is, is sent me a video. He's out on the job and he was just standing under the tree and the rain was just hammering down on top of him. And he was literally going, "Oh, the glamour!" Remember when we were telling us about the glamour? But you know what? I wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah. You know, it's like um, I think the thing is, if you find something that you're you you, you love doing. Mm. You know what I always say to people? I've had shit days on set. They've been really bad. But at least they've been shit days on something I love doing. Mm-hmm. As opposed to having a shit day at work at something I hate doing, which yeah. I think could be, be worse, you know? Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, go ahead, Paul. Uh, as, as a first day, you're kind of running the set. What kind of personality is is kind of key for an AD and keep kind of keeping everyone <laughs> motivated and that kind of thing? Well, I, I, th- I think it's like everything. It's like there's there's different styles of yeah. directors, there's different styles of... But I think the, the key important for thing for First AD, and I think that's why it's important for anybody to get into the industry to not try and fire up to be a First AD as quick as they can, is experience, because you need to know everybody's job. And I think once you know and respect everybody's job, then it's easier to to push them at times or give them then the time that they may need on something else. Whereas if you don't know their job and you're just pushing them the whole time, then they're going to get pissed off at you and then they're just going to not bother. So it's, it's, and you know, today you might have an argument with the action vehicles lad and tomorrow you might be helping them out of a hole or mm. it might be costume the following day and, or else, you know, some scene might be costume specific. So you give them this an extra bit of time, you know, or tomorrow. So, so you're trying to rush the hair and makeup people. And then it could be vice versa next week on a different scene where the makeup is the most important thing. And it's just trying to find that balance and just to make sure everybody knows you have an idea of their job and, you know, respect their job. So when you do have to push, nobody likes, you know, being pushed, nobody being sold when they're like, oh, how long will that take? Half an hour, okay, you've got 20 minutes. Yeah. Nobody does. It's it's like me when I'm scheduling it. They're, I, I'm like, oh, here, I've, I've broken it down. I think you need 30 days. And they go, you have 25. Right. You know, so it's, it's it's especially in the AD world, I think, as I said previously, uh, hinted on a previous in something is, I think to know, to have an, a, a knowledge 
you're never going to know it inside out, but to have a knowledge of like that. Okay, you know, as I said, come back to the weak thing. Okay, if that happens, that's not <laughs> their, their their problem. You know, yeah. it's it's they couldn't envision that the difference in temperature w- would have affected their. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. that's just an example. I mean, it's it could be any department. I'm making an example of, and yeah. it's you know, it's like that. You could have action vehicles that you're shooting at poor man's process in the studio, and it's been fine, and then you bring it out and it won't start because it's been sitting in the studio for three weeks. You know, right. it drove yeah. to the studio fine, but it won't drive. You know, it's yeah. all these yeah. things, and it's. It's it, it's it's all that kind of stuff. So I think as uh, running the floor, it is you kind of, and you know, there's different styles, obviously. Yeah. And I think personality in the film industry comes down. I have a certain style of editing. I know some of my other buddies who I either um, trained under or was their third AD have different styles. And I think the most important thing is you take bits and pieces from everybody, and then your personality makes you run it the way it should. And then your personality will get you some jobs, and it'll take you out of the running for other jobs yeah. you know and that's just and I think you're better off just accepting that and not yeah. thinking you can do everything yeah yeah uh, since you mentioned maybe losing jobs um, a question that we ask on the podcast on regularly is how would you deal with rejection or how do you pick yourself up when things are not going well I mean it it depends, like you, you you know, because there's different angles of things. Like as as you know, like I've directed a couple of short films as well, like that. And rejection on that end is completely different to the kind of rejection that you're doing in your everyday job. Like rejection in ading. I mean, you you do you go in for interviews. They might interview six, seven, eight first ads, and you don't get the job. Yeah, and that's fine. But you could go in and have an interview with the following day with a different director, with the same six or seven ADs, and you do get the job. Yeah. So it just comes down to, as I said, just personality can be a lot of it. Um, yeah. Like, for example, like I've, I've walked into an interview and, you know, the director started talking about stuff that I've, you know, music and all that, that's not my thing. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but I've walked into other interviews and started talking about football. You yeah, know, yeah, And yeah. it's like, I think, because you're going to be so intensely next to somebody for two, three months that you need to know that you can get on with that person or have something in common. So it's not always necessarily your ability to do the job that might get you the work. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, reputation is 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 a big thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and like that, it's like if I met a director or, or a producer if I know a director and a producer says, who, who, like I've asked me, who do you think would be a good first AD for them? And I could, I'd, I'd know myself, I'm like, I don't think I'd be the best mm. for that person, but I think this person might be good. They should ch- chat with them. And that's just par and parcel, I think, of any walk of, of, of life. And I think you just got to be honest about that. Like, I think you just have to kind of go, look, some jobs aren't for me and some jobs are. Yeah. Would, uh, as first, do you usually get to pick your second and third Yes, usually, because, I mean, in, in most departments in the film industry, they would, because you build a team. And yeah. again, it comes back to trust. Yeah. So if the director can trust me, they don't need to be worried about any of your stuff. And yeah. if I can trust my second, I don't have to be worrying that I can deliver to the director. Yeah. I, I need to know that my team back at base is getting the actors through set, getting every, or get, get going through the works, without me checking on them every five minutes, because mm-hmm. then I'm not concentrating on what I need to do on the floor. Yeah. And if the, the director has to be questioning me every five minutes, then he or she isn't concentrating mm. on so yeah. the only time that you really wouldn't get to pick your, your team would be if you're doing blocks of stuff so some would say a lot of TV stuff would say if there's six episodes they might do three blocks of two episodes each so you might do the second block which would be episode three and four mm-hmm. but they'd keep the same the same second and third and trainees would do this so sometimes you have to kind of slide in there and 
Um, I mean, huge young people get to that level. They're they're competent enough, but it's the it's the shorthand that is missing. Then you know, yeah. or y- when you work with a team, just after a while, there's certain things you don't need to say. Or look, can you know, <laughs> if I'm on set with my third AD and there's something, and y- you know, I can look at them and they know exactly what I'm talking about, or he can look at me and I'm like, oh, you know, um, you know it, it's yeah. oh, or <laughs> hopefully, yay, <laughs> it's working and the cast member's going to be here on time. So it's. Ideally, you would, but then again, as I said, it's it's not always um, it's not always possible. So sometimes yeah. you do have to to work with people. But then again, as I said, you could be going to a job and you're doing the second block, but you might know the first AD from the first block. So you're going, oh, listen, what's the second AD like or the third AD like? It, 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 hopefully, you hear brilliant or the kind of. But nine times out of ten, if they're there, they're you know they're competent and they're yeah. good. They're good enough to be there. Yeah, they are. But I think the thing is, is as I said, people have different ways of working. Yeah. So. You, you can, and as well when you kind of slide into the you can't go right this is how I run the show you have to kind of go in and run it your way but in a way that kind of keeps the the fluid motion going forward of what's come before or what's going to go after you know yeah. mm-hmm. um, just finally just uh, what advice would you give to someone who wanted to get into AD <laughs> this is going to sound very uh, get a car and get a license right uh, and people always go what um, mm-hmm. because the amount of times, especially as a third AD, that I get CVs in from people who wanted to be uh, ADs or train ADs, and they've got good CV in your room. Yeah, cool. And they're like, and you're like, yeah, cool. We're shooting in Logan Law. You need to be there at uh, half five uh, Tuesday morning. And they're like, uh, how am I going to get there? And you're like, drive. <laughs> because the thing is, yeah, unless you're very lucky, somebody might pick you up or or or. Um, but people who need to be someplace else don't want to go to their way to pick somebody up or drop somebody off. And I know it's people always go, oh, really, that's your advice? I'm telling you, that's obviously yeah. have a bit of cap on. And I think the other thing is you get a lot of people now coming into the industry where they're like, oh, yeah, I don't really know what I want to do, but I know I want to work in the industry. And, you know, I thought AD would be a good way to get in. And you're like, no, I want somebody who wants to AD. Do you know? Yeah. It's like, if you want to, I mean, I suppose ADing is the way of um, seeing the whole, as I was saying, the AD needs to know everybody's yeah. job. But budgets now, and as I said, are, are getting smaller. I want maybe tighter would probably be the, I had a conversation with someone in my last job and I was like, ah, somebody's getting me to schedule thing. Again, it's five weeks. It's four or five weeks for a feature. I'm like, I remember 10 years ago when I started, it was seven weeks for a feature. Yeah. Going, What's going on? And he goes, dude, when I started, it was nine weeks. So yeah. it's, I think it, that's the whole, it's it's the budget. It's because there's things, there's more things being made and less of budget. But obviously the, the, the income of, um, digital makes it easier and cheaper and stuff um but i think yeah the other advice would be you you know there's a difference between having a knowledge of film and film making like i've a lot of people who come in and i interview with them and they'll reel off all these bloody european directors and you know i often (laughs) i'm often on a job there's great shot this great shot this tarkovsky film yeah but i'm 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 often on a job where people go oh that actor's on it and i'm like who <laughs> and it's like you know having a knowledge of film doesn't necessarily mean that you have a knowledge of film making it's, I think it's completely different um, so don't come in and try don't come in and try to blow people away blah 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 oh I know yeah, this about yeah, this yeah. Asian director or blah. <laughs> great if you do but I need to know that you know you know that you're a good timekeeper and that you can get yourself to set and that you have the the knowledge and I mean again people think that they need to it depends on which aspect of the industry you want to get into I mean in hindsight, when I look back, I'm not sure if there was any need 
to go to college and study film. Mm. Um, but I think probably in hindsight, it was great. It was great, you know. But I think depending on the department you want to get into, kind of a year intense kind of just getting a broad aspect of how because experience there's no yeah. substitute for experience, ex- ex- experience. the theory's great you know yeah. and it's important and if it, it helps build confidence right yeah. then great yeah but I wouldn't be going oh I need to do five years of college to get into the film industry do you know mm. I, mm. I'd be like good luck to that you're better off <laughs> in the f- you know you're better off in the film industry uh, because no, because that's the other thing there's a lot of people who do five years of college and think they come out and they're going to be a director no, you come mm. out and you're, you start at the bottom of the ladder. Unless you're very mm. lucky, unless you, you, you know, you make some. Well, there's always that kind of film school thing, you know, first week or first day, even where they go, okay, hands up, who wants to be a director? Yeah, you know, in at least two thirds of the class, all the hands go up. And then by the end, you know, everybody has to realize what you're good at and apply that. And there's very few, isn't there, who can actually do, who that have such a great understanding to be a HOD, whether it be a director, a you know, producing or whatever. Be realistic with your expectations. Would you Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, but that's that's what I'm saying as well about um, rifling up through the grades quickly. You know, it's like I don't think I'd be as good or as confident as a first AD if I hadn't spent my time yeah. learning my trade. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. know, like, but I think there's there, there's there's a thing now where people just want that title. You know, they're oh, mm. I'm first AD, and you're like, one second, I've never met you before in my life. <laughs> <laughs> What's this? And I mean, especially in the AD because you're in charge of health and safety as well, like that. So, and as you can see in that thing that happened in America, to you know, the first person to be thrown under the bus is going to be mm. an AD or or, mm. or or PM or somebody. So it's just you need to be personally careful of of your decisions to get to to, to position well. But I, you know, there going back to advice there is n- nothing better than experience you just cannot buy experience yeah. and it's like even when you're making your decisions like I've as an AD you work with a director who might be their first film or their second film and they don't know they're the artistic side of things they don't know how a film set works and they don't mm-hmm. really they never really think about the. so you have to come in you have to explain why you made those decisions and why I think this scene is going they think they can shoot it in an hour why I think it's actually going to take five hours mm-hmm. you know and then as opposed to just going, oh yeah, that's going to take, and then you do a schedule and you don't hit the schedule, you know, and then you're out in your ear because you're costing the production a lot of money and they need to get somebody in with a bit more. And it's all, it does come down to experience. Now, ex- experience can sometimes be, I think word of mouth is always a, a better thing because you can look at somebody's CV and they could have a whole lot of jobs. Mm. Ex- the amount of jobs that you've done doesn't necessarily equate to how well you apply the experience that you have got on those jobs if that makes sense yeah yeah, yeah. I basically come back to any job some people are good at what they do and some people aren't <laughs> no matter how bloody long they're at it yeah well, we better leave it there but uh, thanks so much no problem yeah we could chat all day um, thanks a million for your time you're very you're good welcome. that was very quick <laughs> <laughs>